Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello, this is Simon Brew. I'm the editor of Film Stories magazine, and a very warm welcome to the Film Stories podcast. Come with me. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. In movies, movies that had stories. And the story just sucks them in. This is just the beginning. Stories. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello and a very warm welcome to Film Stories with Simon Brew. I am Simon Brew, as always, that's absolutely everything you need to know about me. The aim of the podcast, well, what I tend to do, well, what I do do, and what I am going to do is talk off the stories of films. And I look at development stories, behind the scenes stories, production stories. I just think making a film is such a such a job and a half. I've got nothing but admiration for the people who did it, uh, who do it, who did it. And I just like to dig into the stories of how they did it. Now, what you've stumbled across, uh, across here, and very welcome, I'm thrilled that you have is a special episode of the podcast it's one of the occasional episodes where i talk to a filmmaker who's got a film coming out and we dig into the story behind their film and how they put it together and basically the story behind that the filming question this time well i'm going to talk about birds of prey and the fabulous emancipation of one harley quinn or birds of prey for short this is directed by kathy yan written by christina hodson the cast led by margot robbie mary elizabeth winstead ewan mcgregor journey smollett bell Rosie Perez and a, a really quite a quite impressive ensemble there. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a clip from the film and then I'm going straight into my conversation with the film's director, Kathy Yan. Um, and yeah, we'll get straight down to it. Here is the clip and we'll pick things up the other side of this. I told this all wrong. Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. <laughs> it's oh so quiet. Now that I've cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people You're want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list is this guy. And so peaceful. Um... But it turns out. So that that was a clip from Birds of Prey. I'm delighted to be joined by its director, Kathy Yan. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good to meet you. Well, over over podcast phone. <laughs> yes. I, 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 are you well? And are you exhausted from making an enormous film? <laughs> I am pretty tired. <laughs> um, I'm also very excited. Oh, well, I'm not surprised. I, I'm not surprised either. And I, I, I just wonder, really, um, can you take us through where this project was when you came aboard? Because I've been reading interviews with you talk, where you've talked about your the pitch that you put in that, that landed mm-hmm. you the project. And uh, mm-hmm. but if, if I've got this right, you pitched the film with a, a, an idea for the film with a sizzle reel, with the emancipation theme running through it. But at that stage, Christina Hodson and Margot Robbie had also been working on the film for a year or two before. I'm just kind of trying to get a flavour of how it all gelled together. Sure. Uh, yeah, so Margot had the idea for an R-rated girl gang movie with Harley Quinn pretty early, about five years ago now, I think, Yeah. Uh, while she was still shooting um, the original Suicide Squad. 
and then it just took a while to develop, and she, you know, she hired and worked with Christina Hudson on the script. So by the time, um, by the time I got involved, the script was already written, and I really loved it. I just loved the spirit of it, and I loved how different it was than anything um, I've ever read, really. Yeah. Um, certainly anything in the superhero or comic book um, world, and I really wanted to obviously work with Margot, and I loved the character of Harley Quinn. And so by the time by the time I was involved, it was more about how I would interpret the material that was written. And if you, I mean, I, I, I mean, please just just pretend I'm completely thick. Um, how do you go about coming onto a film? And because if I've got this right, there, there's three months, three four months between you being announced onto the film and production shoot uh, and production beginning. And I'm curious what level of impact you have in that degree of time. That how you make it to some degree yours, even though I appreciate it's a group and a team effort. But how do you put your imprint on it in that amount of time? Sure, I mean. There's a lot. I mean, you know, there's there is more development that happened with the script once I came on. Yeah. But I think the most thing is, like, as a director, it is yours because you're making all the decisions around what it looks like, about the performances of the characters, the casting, the characterization of the characters. You know, I think that, like, every 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 little detail of the movie and what you see um, on screen Someone is making that decision, and that someone is the director. And of course, you're always collaborating. And we had an like I just had amazing collaborators across the board from the crew and the cast. But the director is there to um, to articulate a certain vision and make sure that everything sort of fits into the world that's created, into the tone of the movie, and to what you think the movie is about. And so. That's typically the process, I would think, is that you know sometimes you have a script, sometimes you don't, but directing goes well and above and beyond the script. I mean, because, because too, in terms of the scale of the of the film that you you just come from, from Dead Pigs, uh, which sadly we still can't watch over here. If you could do something about that, that would be great. But I I was trying to watch I it. Would yeah, I mean. <laughs> Now, now, now you're top of Hollywood and you have lots of influence. If you can get them to do a DVD release over here, that would be hugely appreciated. Um, I will try. Brilliant. Well, that, that's the, that's that's my yeah. first, you know that that that's your action point from this chat. Then that would be amazing. I'd love to see it. But in terms of the scaling up of the production as well, because De- Dead Pigs, um, I mean, the story behind it sounds absolutely fascinating, and how you chose to uh, how how you locked into a story there, how you could it, it, by the looks of it, it was your tenacity as much as anything else that brought that to the screen. Here, you're working with some interesting producers as well. And I'm curious what the collaboration and the interaction there was, because it just in terms of a sea change of the size of movie that you're working on, um, clearly, no no doubt over directing talent or anything like that. But just in terms of how that affects the day-to-day, just as the scale of it goes enormously up. Sure. That's a good question. I mean, I think I think it was both very different and also very similar. I mean, I think that as a director, when you're dealing with a, with a movie of this scale, a Birds of Prey scale, you are you are more um, aware of how much you have to manage people, yeah. and, and it becomes as even more of a leadership position and being able to juggle all of that. So really, a left right brain exercise, I think. Yeah. And um, and, and and but a lot of what directing is, I think, is being able to 
pull together the right team for the movie. Yeah. And a lot of directors end up working with a lot of the, the same people because they like kind of find the dream team. And I think in many ways I had my dream team on this movie. I mean, you know, Matthew Libetik, our, our DP, K.K. Barrett, our production designer, and Bernard, our costume designer, um, you know, Don, Don Sparks, my amazing AD, and then everyone on the cast side from Ewan to Mary to Journey. I mean, it really was just a spectacular team. And so I think that as a director, you are, you, you become, um, you become the leader of the pack, and so that doesn't become that different whether you're working on a small movie or a large movie. I think on a movie like of this scale, you definitely have to, um, you know, you're just more aware of the responsibilities of the movie, um, you know, of, of, of how much these characters mean to fans, um, of how much this, you know, the studio cares about yeah. the success of the movie, right? So there's certainly more... I wouldn't even say cooks in the kitchen, but there's certainly more voices involved. But at the same time, every movie needs a director. And yeah. so um, so it, it is pretty remarkable, I think, for me, how similar the process and the experience was between Dead Pigs, between the making of Dead Pigs and the making of Birds. Because once you're on set, yeah. your work shrinks again and all you really want to think about is just are you getting the most interesting compelling performances and moments and um how are you visually telling the story in the most interesting way and you're working with you know you're working with your dream team you're working with that small collection of people again i i've just been reading about pj hogan going from making a small indie film in australia muriel's wedding and when he made the <laughs> jump to i love muriel's wedding when he made the jump to hollywood uh with i think it was my best friend's wedding he he noted that the cult the culture the culture change to him was that he was used to having to do 20 setups a day and suddenly the most he could do was eight just by how much the scale had changed. I wonder if you can relate to that at all and if you've got a, pref a preferred way of working. It, you know, it actually didn't change that much for me. I think that what was really cool about this project was that we treated it almost like it was an indie movie when we were making it and yeah. I wanted to keep that and the ethos. I wanted everyone to be really, really invested in the movie the same way that, like, when you're on an indie movie and they're paying you $100 a day, you you really, really care. Yeah. That's why you're doing it. And I think that's how everyone treated this movie, um, both the crew and the cast. And so there was an element of that. I mean, there's certain things, you know, like, I've never shot, shot these giant action sequences before, and they require a certain level of preparation and a certain way to shoot them. But we were taking, I think, as many risks, if not more so, um, you know, on birds as we did in, in Dead Pigs. And certainly the way that it's shot, the style, yeah. the way that I work with actors, um, and the way that I like to, you know, work with my DP really didn't change very much at all between Dead Pigs and um, Birds of Prey. So I, I don't think I could tell you that, like, we shot a lot fewer um, takes or setups or anything like that. One thing that, um, and it didn't hit me until I, I was walking out of the film, and I, I might have seen this completely incorrectly, but I, I think that I, I got the impression there's quite a lot of long takes 
in the film at a point where ordinarily yeah. I've seen people cover things like e- even in action sequences where people have covered things with with quick cuts and I just got a sense throughout that there was a confidence in, in just not having to cut away and to having so much of it in camera so number one have I, have I got that right or am I completely wrong and number two are you right right yeah so so i mean i i it's it's an astonishingly confident approach um i i I think because i i've seen a lot of people make a jump to a hollywood movie and just hide behind cuts so can you talk through that a little bit because i i just think it's it's a bolder approach than i think it'll probably be given credit for oh thank you thank you so much um yeah I, i you know i think personally partially it's just my personal um, taste and yeah. it, it, like I like living in those moments. I, I think you know sometimes when you cut away, you're relying on the editing to tell the story instead. And um, you know it's nice to have that sort of control on set and be able to do that. We definitely took some risks, and hopefully it was grounded in um, in 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 either the character or the emotion or the feeling that you that we wanted to convey. And it was really fun, actually, yeah. to do this because, in a way, it becomes almost like um, a play or a musical theater or a dance. And, you know, everyone, there's just this energy that happens when you realize, like, oh, I can't mess this up because if I mess this up, we have to start all over. And it really, like, um, creates created a real camaraderie and energy on set where everyone was like, we're a team and we got to do this together. And, um, yeah, we definitely, we had a fair amount of wonders and we would always get a little bit of coverage to play it safe because we typically had more than one camera, yeah. but often we didn't have to use it and that was by design. You know, um, I wanted to design the shots and the scenes as much as possible in camera and not, and leave the performances, um, up to the actors and up to the freedom of, and the feeling on the day, but have everything else designed in a way that, like, we, you weren't just pushing down all these decisions into the, in the, into the cutting room. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm really happy with the way that, that a lot of those sequences played out. I mean, whether it was the one or in the, in the, in the Black Mask Club yeah. or Harley getting drunk over the, you know, over, <laughs> over the night. And that was, that was actually an idea that Maddie and I, discuss where we're like well what how can we do this differently you know like most most of the time it'd be sort of a montage like a getting drunk montage and you understand the passage of time but what if we actually what if we shot it in a wonder and that was really that was really fun that was our i think our third day on set (laughs) um and we did seven takes of it, I think, and all the extras had to get involved and we had been coming in and out and the camera had to pass I think through four different, like over, um, you know, over a table or over the bar. So we had four different pass-offs uh, for the camera, and it was just really fun. It was like clockwork. I mean, you really had to just make it work um, as a team and it, in a very interdepartmental way. Um, and that kind of challenge was invigorating. I think uh, we did a very similar thing for the carousel fight. We did a similar thing for the red sauce fight where um, Huntress kills those guys. Uh, that's a winner as well. I mean, I can hear your enthusiasm and excitement just just talking about it now. I can't imagine what you were like on the day. It sounds great. Um, 
One without going, I, I'm trying not to go spoilery. But another thing that hit me after the film, I just wanted to talk. To, just wanted to talk to you about because I was trying to remember um, if I'd ever seen a big blockbuster movie of this ilk that has things to say, genuine things to say, not lip service about going through the process of a breakup. And I think, I, I, I mean, it struck me on the way out that actually there's there's a real undercurrent here of people who want to have a proper conversation in the coating of you know what's been promoted as a big blockbuster movie. I wonder if you could just talk to that a little bit because I, I mean, there, there's clearly um, there's clearly a desire to do more with this film than just put two hours on screen and entertain us. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. And I, I hope that both of those things can coexist. Yes. Right? And like, it's, you know, it's a fun, entertaining, wild ride. But, but what I loved about the script and the concept of the movie was always that it had a heart to it and a soul. And a lot of it is about Harley finding that soul or saving her soul. Um, and it's about women who, you know, for for various reasons, all of them, not just Harley, but the birds as well. Um, you know, being kind of stuck in a system, in a, in a place, in themselves, and breaking free from that. So it really definitely has a message, and, and that story is really compelling, I think. It certainly was what drew me to the movie. One of your producers on the film, as well, I know, is Sue Kroll, if I've got this right, who I, is known for being a flat-out marketing genius. And I, I'm just yeah. curious what it's like to work alongside someone so influential in Hollywood over the last 10, 20 years who barely anyone on our side of the fence has even heard of. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's remarkable. I love Sue, and we became very close uh, through this experience, I think. And I just, you know, she... Every, there's always, like, I think if you, with her skill set, there's always a level of um, of marketing in yeah. anything that we do, right? And so I think having her around to just be this source of knowledge and experience when it comes to a movie like this, especially one that is, I think, as you said, pushing the envelope in some ways, pretty original, you know, taking these risks. Um, I think it was really just great to have her, and it was really wonderful to see her try this other hat too, you know, to to see how good of a producer she's become. You've talked to in interviews um, building up to this film that uh, of, of the importance of accessibility of film um, and that you, you've suggested that when you were growing up, quite a lot of the film world didn't seem as reachable as it does now, appreciating there's still an awful lot of work to do. And I'm curious, what can media outlets, in your view, such as, such as ours, do to make film more accessible and to make film for, feel more reachable to the person who's just sat at home thinking, can I do this? Is there anything we can do that you think we're not doing? Oh, what an interesting question. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is, I don't know if it's media outlets, but maybe giving voice to, um, to those particular stories in which, you know, someone can be vulnerable and say, like, like someone like me who's like, I couldn't even, I didn't have the confidence and I couldn't even, you know, I, I couldn't even dare say that I wanted to be a director for a long time and that was partially because of representation and, you know, my experience growing up and a lot of self-doubt, um, but I think it's about shining a light on those stories and also the storytellers that feel 
more relatable or can represent, you know, um, the diversity of the world that we know of. Um, and there are there are stories out there. I mean, as a reporter, I remember when I was at the Wall Street Journal, I wrote a piece about first-time filmmakers having a really big year that year. That was the year that um, that like Neil Blomkamp did um, District Nine or Fukunaga yeah. um, had seen Nombre and um, you know and, and Flavio Alvarez who literally had been I believe a um, just a, a, he was he you know he had made a short in Uruguay <laughs> yeah. and he's and he just directed um, the, the latest girl with a dragon tattoo yeah. and it's yeah. you know and Mark Webb I mean all these directors all of them being male but still from different walks of life that you know managed to to like make that leap into Hollywood and for me, writing that story and like talking to those guys, and and just hearing how they how they got there and that they weren't that they were like real human beings without superpowers, um, that really helped. And so I think just that kind of accessibility and talking to filmmakers who have really interesting stories to tell. If I say it out loud, then we're we're committed to doing it. So I'm going to say it out loud. In which case, from our point of view, we'll do that. We'll do a modern. <laughs> mod- we'll do it. We'll do a modern equivalent of that. Um, and and just try and do it from our side of the fence and then hopefully someone's listening to this who can pick up the mantle and do it better than me as well um from that that person then i appreciate i'm about to run out of time but from that person who didn't feel she could direct a film because i read you you were going through producing at first because you just didn't feel you can direct a film um to the person who sat in front of margot robbie christina hodson in front of warner brothers and suddenly pitched a version of a film how do you feel now how do you feel how does this bit feel on the eve of it being released but kind of knowing what you've achieved and knowing how far you've come Oh wow! I mean, I've had a lot of different emotions, yeah. but um, I'm I'm mostly very proud. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of the team um, behind this movie. I'm proud that I get to I get to have been a part of this movie because I, you know, obviously we're quite biased and subjective, but it's it does feel original and unique and special. And you know, we were in Brazil for Comic Con and seeing the way that. The way that this movie can have an impact on people who have always loved Harley Quinn or have only recently discovered Harley Quinn and the impact that a movie of this scale and um, something based on the comics can do is really, really special. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a really wild ride, and I think if I can do it, it only just shows that other people can too. And, you know, um, it's... It's been done now. It's been done. And Sour Hearts is next for you. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Brilliant. Well, I wish you the very best of luck with that. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. you. Take care. And that was my chat with Cathy Yan, director of Birds of Prey, which arrives in cinemas on the 7th of February 2020. You can find a review of it over at the Film Stories website uh, as soon as the embargo lifts, depending when you're listening to this. And that's it from this special episode of Film Stories. I'll be back with the regular episode. Uh, They come out every Monday morning. Uh, In the meantime, you can find out what I'm up to at Simon Brew on Twitter. You can find the entire Film Stories project at Film Stories Pod. We have a whole bunch 
our video film stories that you can find at youtube.com slash film stories. We lurk on Facebook too, facebook.com slash film stories online. And with that, I leave you in peace. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you for your support. And I'll be back soon with another bunch of film stories. You all take care. Bye bye. Thank you.